Welcome to Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. Today, Scott Sharp not with us, but we've got Judy Sharp with us. Good morning, Judy. Good morning, Greg. I'm starting to think my name should be Yo-Yo. Yo-Yo? Yo-Yo. Why is that? Well, you know, up and down here today, gone tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Yo-Yoing in every now and then. It's always great to have you in today, Judy. What have you got for us today? Oh, I thought we'd talk about everything to do in June. You know, we could start with um, watering for one. Yep. And then I think we should talk about bulbs and uh, a little bit of pruning and what you do with tropical species at this time of year. And then what to do with Sasanqua camellias once they finish flowering. But I also would love to talk about my favourite winter flower. And we've got Kevin from Fennel Bay and he's got a question about roses. Hello, Kevin. Hello. Uh, just an inquiry. Yes. Pods. You know when the flower dies and you get the seed pods? Yes, is yes. Is it easy to grow the roses from those seeds or is there any trick to it? Or? Oh, that's sort of like the hip, the ro- a rose hip. Yes. No, yes. Kevin, you're better to take cuttings, dear. Oh, right, no worries. Okay, so take cuttings um, and, you know, when you do your rose pruning and put yep. them in the ground and water, water, water. But leave them there for 12 months. Don't try and transplant them. Okay. Okay, so that's the best way to get new roses is from the cuttings when you prune. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Bye. Thanks, Kevin. Bit short from Sweet there from Kevin, but we've got Kath now from Gorican, and she's got a question about cactus. Hello, Kath. What can I help you Hello, with? Hello, Judy. Um, I have a Sagaya cactus. It's um, quite a few years old. It's flowering really, really well. I have a couple of pieces that have fallen off, so I just want to know if they can be replanted and grown. Oh, yes. My word, they can. Oh, right. Yeah, I saw a, um, an interesting illustration on Facebook, which I'm just, I have to admit, I only flipped through. But right. a friend of mine had put it on, and it was um, all big leaves off a succulent. And yes. they were really big leaves, and and someone had lay in them in a circle, right. and all around the entire circle they were all shooting on the end, and it looked like a wreath. It was quite right. incredible. No, look, you pop it in, it will it definitely is. grow. Definitely. Okay, then fine. Yeah, no special Good. treatment needed. Okay, thank you very much, Judy. Thank you, Kath. Bye. Bye. And we've got Maxine from Singleton, and she's got a question about hibiscus. Hello, Maxine. Hibiscus in Sealton. What's the weather yeah. doing to them? <laughs> uh, it's gone beautiful. Oh, I've really? had it for about 10 years. It's a creamy white with red in the centre. And it's always come out that colour. But one stem at the moment is producing bright red hibiscus. Oh. Yeah. So what would cause that? Look, sometimes, uh, you know, it could have been a graft originally, so it could be going back to, you know, original stock. Um, if it's the first time it's happened, what I would be doing... First time. Yep, okay. Well, cut that stem right out. Um, you yep. might, Yeah, you mightn't like to do it, but that's the best way to go. And get a little bit of sandpaper and rub the cut back because right. if you don't, it will encourage new growth. So rubbing yeah. it back with the sandpaper deters that branch from growing again. All right. Would that do the same with yucca or uh, yucca? Yeah, but they probably don't have the same kind of problems as you've got. They just want to keep growing, don't they? Yeah, I know. <laughs> we cut them down, but they just keep sprouting. And... Yeah, yeah. No, you can certainly rub them back with sandpaper, but I'd get a pretty heavy sandpaper for that boy. Yeah. Yeah. No, so definitely. when the new, new shoots come out, I cut them off. But... Yeah, well, see, so you're stimulating growth. 
It's like oh, pruning, right. yeah. It's like oh. you're pruning your roses, you know. It stimulates the new growth. Oh, right. Yep. That's why it keeps coming back all the time. <laughs> <laughs> they are hard to beat, yuckers. They are hard to beat. They are hard to beat. Yeah, yeah. they look so nice in a little pot, don't they, when you buy them at the shop or the supermarket? Yeah, they, these ones were gigantic. They were over in the corner of the garden and they, the trunks were oh, so so big, like a tree trunk. I hope you haven't got any um, um, plumbing over there. No, but they were pressing against the fence, new fence that was put up. Oh, yeah, well, I'll make short work of that fence. <laughs> yeah, so that's why we decided to, to cut them off. And I, um, we brought holes in and put Roundup in, but it doesn't seem to be doing anything. No, well, it depends to you sealing the, you know, when you're drilling the holes, mm? you need to seal the hole up with some putty. Oh, didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, well, it, you're, you're letting the fumes escape. All right. And it's the fumes that do the damage. All right. Okay. Oh, thank you, Judy. That's okay. You're welcome, my dear. Cut the, cut the uh, red The red stem off. out. It's gone. Oops. And sandpaper. Yep, and sandpaper. And cover the holes with the rough where I put the round up in. Yep, yep. Give that a go and see what happens. Oh, thank you, Judy. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Maxine, and I hope it doesn't get too chilly for you up there tonight. Oh, it's going to be cold. <laughs> <laughs> we needed it, though. We had that long, hot summer, didn't we? Oh, it was too hot. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was too hot. Didn't do the gardens or anything any good at all. No, that's for sure. Will you give us a ring later on down the track and let us know how the hibiscus performed after that? I will. Thank you, dear. Bye. Thank you, Judy. Bye. We've got Lorraine now from Toronto, and she's got a question about the poinsettia. Poinsettia? Uh, poinsettia. Poinsettia. Yeah. I always pronounce one thing wrong every week. It's in the euphorbia family, actually. Oh, okay. And um, before we chat to Lorraine, you, you do know them because at Christmas, they're the red flower. Oh, okay, right. And you know how in Europe and Northern America, they always have poinsettias on cards and everywhere because they flower during the winter over there. All oh, right, so it'd be yeah. our summer. And so we artificially cultivate them ah. for summer. So we've got poinsettias at Christmas. But it is a big family, so I'm presuming Lorraine's going to ask me about hers in flower. Is that correct, Lorraine? Uh, yes, it is. But what I would like to know, I originally bought it in a pot for Christmas. Yes, yeah. And then I repotted it. It grew about 18 inches and had three leaves on it. It was looking very sick. So I gave it one last chance last year and put it in the garden. And it's now two metres high, two metres wide, and crowding everything else. Can I prune it? <laughs> yes, you can. But is it in flower at the moment? Yes, it is. Yeah, maybe wait till it finishes flowering. It's a bit cruel at the moment to do it. Okay. Um, just so, when it finishes flowering, and you can really cut them back very hard. Oh, that's good. So, you know, it, as I said, it's about two metres high, and I've got all sorts of other plants in there, and, and it just loves it. It's going crazy, but I didn't know if I could prune it back. No, you can, dear, but the consolation prize is that when you buy them in pots at Christmas, they are, in fact, dwarf poinsettias. There is an old, oh, okay. you know, an original one that would have grown, you know, probably three, four metres high. So it probably is maybe at its maximum uh, size now. Oh, 
okay then. Yeah. All right. But so what time of the year should I prune it? To, when well, I'd be inclined, or? yes, maybe wait until spring if you can. Spring, okay. Yep. All right. Thank you very much. You're quite welcome. Bye. Okay. Bye. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 and you are FM. We've got Sharon from Newcastle. and She wants to know if she can graft a Tahitian lime branch onto a lemon tree. Oh, Sharon, you're going to be a clever girl. <laughs> Hello. Hello. What time? <laughs> I, I'm being highly ambitious. I have limited garden space and I love limes and I love lemons. So I'm thinking to maximise my garden. I'd like to graft a Tahitian lime onto a, I think I've, uh, my lemon tree is about just under half a metre tall. Right. And, and it's got about five five or six branches on it. And now, one of the problems I've got on my lemon tree, and I'm not sure it's a problem, but it's got thickening on the stems, about three or uh-huh. four thickening. Right. Is that an issue? It is an issue. And how would I, oh, it is. Uh, look, you'll find there's a little insect under that thickening and, yeah. um, you know, it's just something that needs to be cut out. Okay. Yeah. You cut that out wherever you see it, if you can, without wrecking the tree. But mm-hmm. um, uh, you're probably hoping, are you, to pick limes and lemons off the same tree? Yes. <laughs> well, look... Um, what may happen, I find yep. with double grafts or triple grafts, that the yep. stronger takes over. It, ah. it happens with roses as well. Often they'll graft a white and a red together. But uh-huh. I find that the white takes over from the red because it's okay. a stronger growing. So, you know, have you thought about putting one in a pot? Limes grow very well in a pot. Oh, I've got a huge lime tree. I want to get rid of the lime tree because it's too big and it's overcrowding my garden. Oh, right, right. So I want to try and graft it onto that's the what lemon. I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that gallery you've got in the lemon, that's going to be a problem. Okay. So, you know, you might find the lemon tree is going to be uh, very unhealthy and you've got rid of the lime. And have you actually thought of the economics of it? I mean, Tahitian limes cost so much money to buy, you could have a stall out the front and sell them. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of getting rid of it, I mean, I'd be rethinking that one. Okay. Um... But, yes, look, you can probably do a graft onto the lemon. You will have to... Can I do a lemon graft onto the lime? Yes, as long as you don't transfer that gauler onto it. That's what I'm yeah, thinking, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Because there's only about two two of them there at the moment, and I looked at it and I went, oh, I don't think that's right. No, so um, you need to cut those off and remove them. Yes, you could try, but I don't know it's a good time of year to do it. I'd be waiting till yeah, the weather warms up. That's, that's the other thing I was going to ask. Yes, yeah. Wait yeah. until it, it's getting towards spring again. Okay, so if I do it on a branch of the lime tree, you think it'll still take over? Like, oh no, no, not if your your lime's pretty big, isn't it? So yes, yes. yeah, no, it sounds like it's very strongly established. You probably would get away with it. Okay. Okay, so okay. look, how about ringing back in spring when you've done the graft and <laughs> let us know what you achieved. I will do that. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sharon. We'd love to hear from you then. Bring Bye. Some Thank limes you. As well. Bye. Yeah, and limes. We Bring want the limes. limes. <laughs> okay. Thank you.
Bye. Bye. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 FM, and we've got Marie from a Tea Gardens and she's got a question about a bird's nest fern. Hello, Marie. Oh, good morning. Oh, good afternoon, I mean. Um, I have a large bird's nest fern and um, it has looks like it's been sprinkled with sand. But uh-huh. it's, it's sort of, um, you can half hose the stuff off, but I've been giving it a feed with um, sea salt and it says you can use that on natives, but I was just wondering if I'm doing the right thing. I don't think that's the answer to the problem, Marie. Uh, I think if you are... Have you looked on the back of the leaf? Yes, yes. It has, it has all the spores on the back. The... Right, but also have you got little white spots? Um, not that I've noticed. It just right. looks like on the, the, the front of the leaf looks like it's been sprinkled with sand, little tiny nodules on there. Oh, that's unusual. Yeah, because I was thinking you probably had louse scale, which they're very prone to, and they're generally on the reverse side of the leaf, but they're sucking the sap out, which gives you that appearance on the front of having spots on it. No, I can actually brush these things off, whatever oh, they are. That's really weird, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I've been hosing them and about half of them will hose off the dacks. You get them off, you've got to rub the leaf. So yeah. I don't Yeah, and it's not stuff. like a scale. Well, it's like a little round. As I said, it just seems like you've sprinkled sand down the leaf, little little granules. Is there a tree above it? Um, it's actually on a veranda, but I, I have a camellia tree out there. That's the only thing that... No. Look, I'd be inclined um, to abandon the hosing and uh, maybe spray it with some malathion and white oil. Oh, I've got white oil. Okay, well, you need to add malathion to it. Right. And, uh, you know, give it a good spray with that about every 10 days. All right, I'll try that. Yeah, I think that's because it's a bit of a mystery unless you do the thing and send the photo in for us. I could do that. Okay, well, Greg's going to tell you how because Judy doesn't know. Well, actually, um, you're in Newcastle, aren't you? Yes, at at Bar Beach. Oh, well, I've got to come to Newcastle next week, so I might bring a piece of leaf down. Oh, I'd be really, yep, I'd be very interested, Marie. Uh, it's at Derby Street, Bar Beach. Right. I've had this fern for, like, 30 years. It's really old and really big, and uh, I just sort of noticed, and I don't really want to lose it. No, no. Look, I'll be there at the weekend, if that's when you think you've come. All right. Okay. okay. I'll look that'll forward be, to seeing you. That'll be fabulous. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, dear. Bye. Bye. Ellen now from Birmingham Gardens, and she's got a question about hydrangeas. Good afternoon, Ellen. What could I help you with? Uh, look, I've got one, two, three, four. I've got four hider ranges in pots, and they've got like um, a mould on them. And I don't know how. I've got two, two in the sun. The other three are in sort of semi-shade. They would get a bit of sun. So, and I don't know what to do about them. I mean, they were all right when I first got them. Then they've got this, it's like a grey mould on the leaves. Yes, it's actually powdery powdery mildew. Oh. Yep, so if you've got any um, copper oxychloride at home, have you? Yes, Okay. Okay, well, spray them with that. 
Yeah. But don't be disturbed but, because they're going oh. to drop their leaves now anyway. Well, they started too, and I yeah. thought, oh, my God. Uh, I thought I might have killed them. No, no, no. <laughs> this is just winter happening, that's I, all. Yes. Oh, I know. They've but, got, like, little shoots uh, on the stem. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I thought, oh, well, I didn't want them to suffer any... Uh, I, it's a plant that I remember as a little girl, which was many, many years ago, and I've seen them, and I thought, oh, I bought them down at Bunnings, and now they've got all these stem mould on them. Oh, well, I'm not going to comment on that, how you got the mould, <laughs> um, but uh, definitely use no. your copper oxychloride. But the copper most important thing you do is... Pick up those leaves and dispose of them. Don't leave them in the garden because they will oh, scrap. No. Yeah, it will come again next year. Oh, no. So should I spray around where the plant is too? Yes, that won't hurt. And when you yes. decide you're going to prune them, you need to yes. go back to a double eye. A double eye. Not just a single eye. If you want them to flower, you need to yes. go to a stem where you've got two eyes opposite one another. Oh, rightio. Okay. Oh, I tell you what, when I was a little girl, I didn't know that they put up with that much fussing around. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're the old-fashioned ones, but the newer ones do. Okay, then. Thanks very much, Judy. You're welcome, Ellen. Bye. Bye. Now, you teased us a little bit earlier in the hour, Judy, about one of your favourite flowers. You didn't say what it was. No, and um, if I do, everyone will want one. Okay, well, that good. Oh, they're beautiful. I go to a grower's nursery down in Sydney, and there are thousands of them. Okay. Thousands and thousands. And at this time of year, they're all putting up their blooms. Now, there will be some listeners out there who know what I'm talking about. Long, strappy green leaves with tall, exotic spikes of flowers. Right. Mm. I'm trying to picture it. And there are societies in Maitland and Newcastle that will be having shows soon. Oh, excellent. So everyone can come and have a see what they look like. Yes, but more importantly, they're very helpful with their knowledge. Yep. Um, you haven't worked out what they are, I have you? I have no idea. I'm still... <laughs> Symbidium orchids. That was going to be my second guess, if I had a first guess. <laughs> oh, I love them. At this time of year, they're so beautiful when the tall spikes come up and you can take them inside and have them inside while they're in flower and they really seem to brighten up the old winter room. They're fabulous. I love them and I love going to that nursery and wandering around because there's so many thousands. You wouldn't believe how many they grow and so many different colours and varieties and uh, they cross and they experiment and you know, achieve um, incredible results. But I just love them because I think it brightens up the home in winter. They're a little bit, you've got to do a little bit of looking after them. Okay, so they're um, not, you can't just set them aside like a cactus. Um, well, you can in one way. Um, my father-in-law, who of course is deceased, um, he grew his outside in Mayfield yep. back in the days of BHP. Okay. Yep. So they were probably even getting fallout. Yep. And every uh, every winter I sweated on him bringing me over a couple of spikes of flowers. Sometimes he'd even let me borrow one in uh, one with the leaves still on in the pot. I have to give it back later, but that was all right. And he had them out in the outside totally. So, you know, you can they're not they're not as tough as a cactus, but they're also not as 
you know, you don't need to baby them as much as people think. But the secret is when the pot fills up with their bulbs, a lot of people try to split them. And that takes a little bit of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And also when you split them, they don't flower again for a couple of years. So I always suggest that people just repot them into a bigger pot and give them space to put up more bulbs and hence you get more flowers. Sounds pretty reasonable. does, doesn't it? Mm, They're very rewarding, very rewarding. Because you don't want to split them and have no flowers for, what, did you say two years? Two years, yeah, from my memory, Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, the Orchid Societies will be having shows around in the next couple of months um, and you'll find that um, they have such knowledge and they're very, very helpful. They'll even, they even like um, people to take their orchids along and oh. they'll repot them and yep. show them what to do. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah, it's a good idea in winter. It's a good, fun thing to do. Hmm. Excellent. So keep an eye out for those Orchid Societies. Yes, yeah. It's Guardian Talk back on 2 Indie FM. We've got Lyndon from Carrie Bay on the line. They've got a question about the citrus trees. Hello, Lyndon. How are you, Judy? I'm fighting fit in a yo-yo. <laughs> right. Well, that's, that's good because I'm fantastic. Good. I woke up this morning, so I'm fantastic for the day. Oh, well, I agree with you. Yes, yes. Now, right, what can okay, I help well, you? You've just been, before I go on to citrus, you've just been talking about cymbidiums. When I separate them, um, when I uh, split them up, I make sure that I only split them in half. I never try to separate them out. And I find when I split them in half, they'll flower the next year. Oh, good advice. Thanks, Lyndon. So it's only when you actually break up the, the back bulbs and do all that technical stuff that they yeah, stop I, flowering. Well, I, I won't go there because I know it'll take if they won't flower for two years. So all I do is split them in half, and I usually do it very, very crudely with a thing called a spade. <laughs> I know. I've seen some of the um, the cymbidium growers. They used to come to the nursery every winter and, um, and you know, we'd draw about 100 people and I'd go down just to have a look at what they did and I was stunned that the tr- of the treatment that they gave them with a spade, yeah. Yeah, right, good. Yeah. As, long as, I'm, uh, as long as I know I'm do- <coughs> doing the right thing. Oh, well, if okay, you're getting well, flowers, <coughs> you are, yep. Yeah, I'm, and mine are always outside. I refuse to baby them under any circumstances. Well, that's that's good to know. Well, that's what I always found too. Yeah. Okay, right. To citrus. To I citrus. have uh, several different types of citrus in 44-gallon drums. And, of course, over a period, of t- a period of time, they settle. And what I want to do is to lift them up and pack soil underneath them because I know you can't put soil over the top because they like sur- they've got surface roots. And I'm wondering if what I'm going to do is knock them back to the extent that um, they'll, they'll think I'm a really nasty person and won't speak to me for weeks. You mean you're going to cut them back, are you? Well, I'm going to cut them back a little bit, but what I want to do is lift them up and pack new soil underneath them because the, the, what's happened is the soil has settled about a third of the drum. Oh, right, right. You don't think we should wait until spring? Oh, yeah, I'm not going to do it right now. Oh, I'm, good, I, good. I do it at the right time, but yep. the, the, the thing was that I wasn't quite sure that what I was doing was the right thing, but uh, from the sound of it, it is. Yes, it is. Look, I'm sure they'll be fine. You know, yep. you'll, you'll obviously pump the water into them after you do it and, um, you know, give them some fertiliser to say, um, sorry, I just cut you and damaged you. 
Um, yeah, you, you definitely. I, I usually use um, a seaweed extract, um, uh, and I do it before I, I do it, and then after I've done it, I give it a good watering, and then probably in the next couple of days, I'll do it again. Yeah, and the seaweed, of course, they like that for their root growth. Yep, yeah. yep. But, you know, a wonderful product is um, f- uh, called Flourish for citrus trees. It's a liquid one too. Um, and uh, I find it produces a lot of fruit because it has uh, potassium and sulphate of potash in it. So, All right, okay. Yeah, well, that could uh, be another one to look for. Yeah, I'll look out for Flourish, but um, my, le- my lemon tree, every time other people look at my lemon tree, they say there's too much fruit on it, you'll kill it. <laughs> no, just keep... You could sell it. But, I, I said to a lady earlier, sell those Tahitian limes. Yeah, well, I I I, I noticed that I use a I'm I'm using a um, uh, the limes I'm using are the little ones, the sub limes. Yep. Um, uh, which I got from an unmentionable uh, company. Um, well, you're a nice they, man, they've Lyndon. They've gone fantastically. You are a very nice man for taking my feelings into consideration like that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, you know, the the. T- I'm always amazed at the cost, Greg, of limes and lemons. Aren't you, Lyndon, in the shops? I mean, it's incredible. It's unbelievable. I I haven't bought a lemon that I know of for about 10 years, and I haven't bought a lime for about five because I produce my own. Yeah, well, if you ever get any spares, uh, Greg (laughs) and I work here every Monday. No, I don't. I'm the yo-yo. But he's here every Monday, and I'm sure he loves them. More than happy to take them off your hands. (laughs) All right, I'll keep that in mind, definitely. And thank you very much indeed for your time, Judy. And thank you, your Lyndon. advice, I appreciate it. Thank you, dear. Bye. Bye-bye. Patrick, he's got a question about the olive tree. Hello, Patrick. Hi, Judy, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. What could I help you with your olive? Um, we've got an olive tree that uh, it's, it's quite advanced now, but it doesn't really get many olives on it. Um, I'm, I'm thinking it may be... It, it, it has like three separate trunks on it, and whether I need to cut one or two of those trunks off, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, look, that, that tends to be their growth habit. Uh, I should ask you though: Do you feed it at all? I know over in Greece they probably don't get fed, but um, you know, it depends what your soil is like. Yeah, not not really. Um, it was originally planted in a fairly clay sort of area, and uh-huh. we did. We've put some mulch around it from time to time because I've got some citrus trees nearby. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, generally, no, I don't, I don't really fertilise it or anything like that. I'd be a bit inclined to fertilise it. And I'd certainly give it some potash because, you know, that stimulates fruiting as well as flowering. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a bit loath to, say, cut those, um, that growth out. Because that mm-hmm. you know they probably will just shoot again from where you cut, because they yep. tend to be a little bit branching in their growth. Uh, okay. I'd try the potash first, to be honest. Potash. So you just put it any time of year, or? Oh yes, you can use it constantly all through the year, so that it's building up in the soil. Okay. All right. That's good. Thank you, Judy. Okay, you're quite welcome, Patrick. Thank you for the okay. call. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. And we've got Peter now from Madawi, and he needs some advice about getting rid of fruit fly in citrus trees. Oh, Peter, that's a tough question to hit you with. You know that, don't you? Yeah, 
Yeah, hello, Judy. How are you going? I'm very well. But, you know, the, they've taken everything nasty off us. You know that. Yeah, I've, I've had them. Well, I've lost for five years now. Every season I've lost all the fruit. Uh-oh. And uh, I don't like spray. I won't spray them. Mm. <laughs> uh, I don't like putting spray all over them. I'm just wondering whether you might know of a cheap and easy way. Well, what about, to... trap? What about the baits? Yeah, I was going to try that this year because there's no way I'm going to go through another year and lose, you know, 15, 20 kilo of fruit. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's amazing. I'm finding uh, Mm. that citrus once weren't really attacked very much by the fruit fly, but I think it's becoming very prolific now that we're not spraying at all. Um, And uh, and it's just going wild. Uh, Yeah, well, this is Madawi, so, you know, (laughs) you know what it's like here probably. Yeah, and also, too, you know, people aren't growing tomatoes down here in the city at all now because, you know, the only ones they grow are the little sweet bites. Yeah, and I do quite well with those. I I usually bag them so the fruit fly doesn't get in. Look, why don't we um, do this? The traps, the baits are very, very good. Yeah, Um, okay. And hang a few of those in your trees. You need more than one, obviously. And um, the other thing you could do if you're keen enough, Mm. uh, I have an old um, recipe that you mix up. um, I know you don't want to spray, and that's fair enough, but you mix up malathon with Vegemite. Oh, okay, yeah, I think I might have tried that a long time ago. I don't know whether it did any good. Yeah, uh, well, I'll, it I'll should because, try that again. yeah, the female fly gets attracted to the Vegemite, of course, and she eats yeah. it and the malathon kills her. But, you know, you, it's a case of painting the trunks with it and, you know, you have to be a bit keen, but um, I'd certainly yeah. try the baits. Yeah, well, I'm certainly getting keen now because, you know, <laughs> six years in a row. Yeah, no, um, no, no. Go out and buy, you know. Uh, and they're quite good too because you can buy replacements mm. to put inside them. Yeah, okay which, then. Which are quite economical. I think um, mm. the one I always recommend is uh, the Searles. Yeah. Now, that's really great and thanks for your advice. But, I'm uh, sorry you know, I can't I'll... help you any further with that. But <laughs> you it's, have uh, helped me, yeah. I'll just have to go ahead and do that sort of thing because... No good spraying rogue all over them all, you know. Well, you can't do it now. No, it's no, just not no. nice. No. But uh, did you know, Peter, and I say this quite openly, that um, commercial growers still use it? Yeah, yeah, they probably, And, yeah. Um, you know, it worries me that the home gardener uh, who used it carefully uh, mm. now still buys fruit and veggies that are being sprayed with it. Um, yeah. I don't, I couldn't see the reasoning behind that. <laughs> Um, but, you know, how yeah. do we know these things in life, eh? Well, so, we don't. We just got to... We don't. Yeah. We don't. But um, good luck with that, and yeah, I hope you for, get some fruit. Yeah, thanks for taking the time for me today. Oh, you're welcome, okay. Peter, any time. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Cheers. Thanks, Peter. I think we've got time for one more call. We've got to squeeze Beverly in from Mayfield. Hello, Beverly. We're squeezing oh, you in. Did you feel the pressure then? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Now, I have, I have cl- uh, Clavius. And there are a whole, whole heap of them in a, just in a corner. They don't get a lot of sun, unfortunately, but um, I've noticed that some of the straps have gone white. Oh, okay. It's just, it's just the orange one, the old old type one. Yeah, yeah. It's probably been eaten by the grub that gets down in them. I haven't been able to have a look because I'm incapacitated at the moment. I can't get really close. But right, I've I think that's, that yeah, that's what's happening. Strap. Uh, so, you know, if um, you could get someone to spray with some malathon for you, it would be good. Oh, would be good, but I don't have anyone. Oh. Anyway. Uh, yeah, well, that's really... a pity, dear, because, you know, they can really decimate them. 
Yes, it's just it's just in one little spot I noticed because I've, I've actually been in hospital and I noticed when I came home that they that they the one little area had uh, white straps and I thought oh I'll have to look into that but yeah I'm yeah. sure that's what it is yeah they're stripping the <laughs> the sap out yeah uh, mm. what about a, a handy next door neighbour maybe we can stir someone up to help you well forget it. Oh, 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 oh. what a it. shame, darling. Those, those days have gone, Judy. Those days have gone. Yeah, oh, there's still sometimes people respond out there these days. Mm, not around here anyway. Anyway, oh, thanks so much. That's I'll okay, a... darling. I'm sorry to give you bad news and I hope you're yeah. getting better soon. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Goodbye. Bye. Cheers, thanks, Beverly. It's Guarding Talk back on 2NURFM. And Judy Sharp, we're out of time for another week. We are, but if Scott was here, you know what he'd say. It doesn't happen in Carrington. No, no, I'm sure it doesn't. They put your garbage away, they rescue your dog, you know, the village, <laughs> Carrington, over on the island. It's, He'd be doing the rave, no, wouldn't it's, he? It's God's country out there, apparently. It's God's him. country. <laughs> Thanks for having me That's today, right, Greg. No, I'm sorry in. I'm a yo-yo and you don't know I'm coming. It's always a pleasure when you see when I see your head popping in the door. Oh, good. It's always thank a nice you. surprise. Thank you. Judy Sharp, thank you very much. Maybe see you next week. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.